0: You're listening to Pod.
1: Welcome as we, Portia the Lifelong Fan and...
0: Amanda the First Time Reader...
1: Discover the books of Agatha Christie.
0: We are sisters who live on opposite ends of the U.S. Doing a quarantine project and who love to be soothed by British murder mysteries.
1: In this shithole of a moment in history, it's nice to have Poirot or Miss Marple solve it all.
0: So, welcome to Poirot Pod. Poirot Pod. No
1: Poirot today, though.
0: No, we are discussing Why Didn't They Ask Evans, which was another surprise. I keep getting hit with these books that I'm like, oh, it's a totally different format. It's a totally different... This one was like a mix. You know, right. it was the Young Detectives, but a murder mystery. Right. It, was so- had, it, was great.
1: it had some sad parts. It had some innocents who died. It had some spy kind of stuff. It had the young ingenues falling in love and solving a mystery at the same time and getting distracted by other people. Right. Um, yeah, it was it's got a hint of Tommy and Tumpence, but not.
0: Um, right. It was overall more serious. And that's why for some reason, like even the the innocents that died, innocents, you know, but like the you know, innocent people who died. I don't know. I did still didn't find it depressing. Like it right. came across like a regular murder mystery. Not, I don't know. Right. It was, it was just work. It just worked so well. Right. Right. All right. So uh, let's get into the plot before we just rave about how good it is.
1: Okay. Okay. So um, it starts out telling you about a golfer named Bobby Jones, who does a shot and then they go, but it was a terrible shot because it's not the famous American golfer. It's a young British dude who, doesn't know actually how to play. So I had to look it up because Bobby Jones was a really, a real American Oh, I was golfer. wondering what
0: that reference was. But I was like, who's this American golfer supposed to know? Because it's the same name. Same
1: name. There was an American oh. golfer named Bobby Jones, who was really good.
0: That's funny. But that okay. is not the Bobby Jones we're talking about. We are talking about the fourth son of the victor in the seaside town of Marchbolt. Right. And so he was in the Navy. Uh, I probably because it's 30 early
1: 34 uh so i don't know yeah 34 okay um, let's see. you're the one who knows the years <laughs> um so um he was in the navy and then was kicked out of the navy because he had bad eyes his um family doesn't have a huge amount of money as we've one of the big themes of this book is about class and social class and so um, his family doesn't have a huge amount of money, but the vicar has a certain standing just because he's the vicar, which we saw
0: in the murder at the vicarage. Um, right, and so the setup is that, so Bobby and his brothers, and then his friend, what's her name? Frankie. Frankie. So Bobby and his brothers grew up down the street, probably a long street right, road, um, from <laughs> Frankie and her brothers Right. And they were all friends growing up. And then as they got older, their class differences became more apparent because Frankie is a titled person and her family was very well off. But like as kids, they were running around together. But then as it, it got, they got less and less friendly as they got older. But then he he and Frankie keep reconnecting, but he's very aware of kind of the difference between them. And he even at some point early on says something rude to her, like, I mean, you're just hanging out with me, but it's kind of a pity party. Blah, Like he go, he spirals he and does. ends up, he's, he's trying to like be self-effacing. Like you don't have to pretend to hang out with me. I'm not cool. Like your other friends, but he does it in a way that hurts her feelings and you could see why.
1: Well, and it, yeah. And it does. So play.
0: clearly from that moment, you're like, well, they're definitely going to fall in love and get married.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Because he's like you, why would you want to hang out with me? Because I'm yeah. And, um, she totally makes fun of him for it and was like oh well you know but it's interesting because the first time we meet her she's talking about being in London and being bored because um she went from this party and this party and this one got raided by the police but it was still so boring and there's a little bit of like okay lady I'll get it you're rich (laughs) and bored and then Bobby's like, uh huh, yeah, I totally get that being bored thing. Meanwhile, he's in this small town looking for a job, and he's actually bored.
0: Right, he's got no job, nothing to do. He's trying to keep his father, the vicar, from being angry at him all the time. And then, yeah, but she's off flitting around from party to party, and then like being bored by that. And then, yeah, so that's kind of
1: great lines in this because one of the lines that he she says when he's like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't think find things that um, boring." And um and she goes, Oh, okay. And he goes, Oh, not that I'm hardy. I hate hardy people. (laughs) And it was such a young person to say kind of like, Oh no, I hate everything. Everything's boring. And he's like, Everything's not boring. I mean no no no. Everything is boring. (laughs) I'm not hardy.
0: I'm not hardy. I'm not I'm not fun. I'm not stoic, ew.
1: Right. I'm definitely not a happy person. Everything is suffering. I totally get that. Everything is suffering. Because he knew that he's
0: supposed to be that way to be cool with her. But he's like, Eh, hey, things aren't so bad. Like he is a he's a real optimist. I think you can see that's his like he's got this friend who has a who keeps like killing businesses and is terrible (laughs) in business. And he's like, Oh, he's gonna be great. Yeah, I'm investing in going into business with him and his dad and Frankie, everyone's like, Don't invest any time or money with this guy. Like he's a nice guy, but he keeps failing at businesses. He's terrible at this, but um, Bobby's just such an optimist. He really is.
1: And he's such a nice guy. And um, one of the things about his father was like, don't go into business with this guy. He's, you know, terrible. He's had like four businesses fail and he's like, it's not his fault. And I gave my word and that was incredibly yeah. important to him. So anyway, so that kind of brings up who this guy is but he's playing golf with the doctor in town and badly um and the her descriptions of him playing golf were actually hilarious that whole opening as opening chapter
0: right you know? right 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 no it's hilarious and even if you don't understand golf which i don't it was still very funny the way she's describing his technique and he like shanks it or shafts it All right <laughs> what you say <laughs> about when the ball goes
1: off to the side <laughs> Poker <laughs> slice, I think, are the two.
0: Okay. I got all that wrong. Um.
1: But yeah, because the first time he did everything wrong and it was beautiful and he's like, oh, I know what I'm doing wrong and then he does it again and it totally goes off to the side and he hears a shout and they're like, wait a minute, I think I hear something. I should go look because there's a ledge. Right. Like and he was
0: cliff. Cliff. kind of halfway thinking, like, did I hit someone with the ball? And then, like, you know, yeah, there's this ledge and this cliff. So they go down to look for the ball and then there's, like, a dude down at the bottom of the cliffs.
1: Right. And, um, and he goes down and he's with the doctor. And the doctor's like, yeah, he broke his back. He's going to die really quickly. But we probably shouldn't leave him here to die alone. Uh, hashtag COVID. Um, so, you know, I oh. no, I'm sorry. I know. Oh. I know it, <laughs> uh, um, oh. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought, brought in real life. Um, that's
0: okay. It's true. So yeah. So the doctor goes off to get help and Bobby says he'll stay with the guy just so he doesn't die alone. And he probably, yeah, he probably had the kind of like C1, C2 injury that would back then be life ending. Whereas, you know, right now, I mean, that's like a Christopher Reese type where like it would right. require, Advanced technology, you know, for you to stay living. Not so the guy, yeah, is like dying, and then he he wakes up, and he looks at Bobby in the eye and says, "Why didn't they ask Evans?" And then croaks.
1: Right, and Bobby covers up his face with a handkerchief that he finds in his pocket, and then finds a picture in his pocket. And it was like a woman who was pretty wide set eyes who had a haunting face. We, we got, we heard that all the time about this lady. Yeah. She was haunting, super haunting, haunting. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so
0: haunting. Um, I was like, what does she, does she look like a, like a, from Coraline or something? Right, like that's a little I mean, like, like you know, like a, the, like a uh,
1: Christina Ricci look, you know, Right. <laughs> um, but beautiful, but haunting. So. Um,
0: like a Helena Bottom Carter type of. <laughs> right yeah so um so yeah so he he's he's waiting there and then his inner monologue is hilarious and so relatable because he's here with this dead guy now and then he knows that his dad is the victor is very uptight and he bobby had volunteered to play the organ for the service tonight and he knows that if he doesn't go his dad's gonna get all worked up and then he's, gonna, he's not going to eat. And then he's going to get bloated or have a stomachache or something. It's going to be <laughs> this whole cycle. It was so funny. And it, it was so relatable of, like, such a, like, clearly this da- guy is dead. Like, that's a big deal. But his dad's not going to know that. He's not going to understand. Right. You know, he can't. What's at him? Right. What's at him? Because it's 1930. So, like, how? what should I do? So hes he's literally, like. It was just so funny, the things that like take up your brain when you're just like, obviously, when it comes up that I was with a dead person, that's a big deal. But he's so worried about his dad, even though his dad thinks that he's very thoughtless. Right. So he's having this intermonologue and then this, this guy comes along. And it's like, hey, what's going on? And he comes and introduces himself as Roger Basington French with two F's.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the Basington French. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that whole thing was a little bit like, okay,
0: but he seems like a you know decent guy. And he's like, hey, well, you know, um, if you got somewhere to go, I'll stay with the dead guy. And so Bobby's like, cool. I got to go play the organ.
1: (laughs) So he's still late, and his uh, dad is still upset. And then later, he's like, I was watching a dead guy. And then his dad was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. And he was like, yeah, it was. And, and he makes a joke. And then he's like, how can you make a joke about death? And Bobby's like, I'm making a oh joke. Oh, my God. And
0: the narrator's insight in that conversation, because Bobby's like making a joke, because like, how else can you deal with the fact that you watched a guy die? when you're a young person you make a joke about it and then the dad is like he's never going to take anything seriously don't doesn't he understand that you have to be seriously and like and basically you know Bobby's insight is like you laugh to keep from crying right I'm not emotionally prepared from this can't my dad see that and the narrator can see both and as the reader you can see both it's brilliant the way it's written oh totally
1: so um anyway so then um there's an inquest about the death and um just you know, he fell from. The doctor says he was killed from falling. And then Bobby says, "I heard a shout." And then the end of the inquest. Oh, oh! But by that point, um, there was a a woman who uh, they found a picture in the dead guy's pocket, and a woman said, "Oh, that's me," um, and that's my brother. So they well, no, they him. were able
0: to. So they found a picture in the dead guy's pocket. They contacted the photographer,
1: right. And And then we're
0: able to contact the woman who's like, that's my brother. And yeah, he's a dead guy. Right. So So she and her husband come to, um, you know, identify him. And he'd been overseas. Yeah, I think he'd been overseas. And he
1: was really tan. And so, of course, it's one of the things in all of these books that if someone is tan in Britain,
0: it's of note. (laughs) You know, right. It always means that they have been spent significant time overseas. Because um, they didn't have spray tan, right?
1: <laughs> or uh, tanning bo- uh, booths or whatever, right? Uh, so, so, um,
0: so yeah. So he gets he it's identified, and you know Bobby gives his testimony and everything's okay. And Frankie goes to the inquest because she's so bored, and it's like hoping that there's some foul play, but everything seems tragically above board.
1: And then the the sister and her husband come to the house. And Bobby's like, you look terrible. Are you the person who's the picture in the pocket? Because, oh, my God. A- he doesn't
0: say that out loud. Right. That's, a, that's an inter- internal monologue. But, yeah, he, he's like, whoa, that must have been taken a long time ago. Also. From a different angle all- with lighting.
1: <laughs> right. Because, and and you, it must be because you have a horrible husband. And, like, and all-
0: Instagram filters.
1: All of the things. Because it looks like a
0: totally different lady, and then they sure.
1: ask him, They're like, Did he say anything before he died? And Bobby says, No, okay, bye. And they're like, What are you doing these days? And he's like, I'm looking for a job because not in the navy anymore. And um, and then they leave. And um,
0: oh, I forgot that. Okay, that's important. I didn't catch that. Yeah, uh, okay. so um,
1: anyway, so then um uh Frankie comes over and I this funny thing because he was like ah that must be what marriage does to you when he says it out loud and Frankie walks up right then and goes what and then he's like oh
0: that woman." I thought this was I thought that conversation was when they were on the train not that it matters
1: but then he's like oh that woman doesn't look anything like her picture and she's like yes it does and they have a very stupid argument
0: um, right. And you can already tell from the argument that like clearly they're not talking about the same photograph. So you're already starting to suspect that the photos were switched, switched because he's like, he looked nothing, she looked nothing like the photograph. And Frankie's like, yeah, yeah, it does just photographers' tricks. And
1: um and she'd seen the photograph in the local paper. So then right. they go and play golf, and um, while he's playing golf again, this is a there's a lot of golf in this. Um, uh, he remembers that he th- uh forgot to tell the sister that he said the phrase, why didn't he ask Evans? So he sends a note saying, you know, I don't think it's important, but
0: he said this line. Although it's interesting, I guess it's um, patriarchy. He sends the letter to the I know, right? the sister's husband. So I don't know if it's improper to write a woman, a married woman, if she has a husband. Right. It's, like, it's supposed to be her brother, so why didn't you write her? It was interesting that he addressed it to the brother-in-law of dead guy, which just seems so weird, so weird. but maybe I that's just, you know, yeah, I know patriarchy. Right. right. So he sends him a note. And he's like, Hey, I said, you didn't say anything. Um, I forgot about this cause it was kind of, you know, random and out of context, but he said, why didn't they ask Evans? And then the brother-in-law writes back and he's like, obviously that means absolutely nothing. Forget about it foreshadowing.
1: So and then um Bobby was like, well fine then, screw you because you know, he felt. So then right. Um, he starts all of
0: a sudden he gets this huge offer <laughs> for an overseas job for way more money than he
1: right, a thousand would a expect. year which whatever a thousand a year in in 1934 is. And they're like, "Oh, we want a British guy, ex-navy. Um we heard great things about you." You need to um, you need to travel to um, Argentina within the week,
0: right? And it's and it was kind of like in this economy, people aren't coming to people with jobs, especially people like him. And he and his father have this very com- oh, funny conversation where his so father funny. is like,
1: yeah. his
0: father wants him to be excited, but neither of them believe that anyone well, would think that he's worth he, this." He
1: because obviously Bobby thinks out loud sometimes because he goes, "I'll be damned," and of course you just shouldn't say, "I'll be damned." in front of a vicar and then he goes his dad his dad is like <gasps> and then he goes they've offered me a thousand a year and his dad goes well they must be out of their minds and they- <laughs> and then bobby's right. like i know they must be totally out of their minds it's great because they're both like you're not worth that much
0: <laughs> right it's so like it's almost like um you know the conspirators like did too much right
1: they oversold if they had
0: dialed it down it would have worked but because it was like such a high salary and like he was clearly under qualified like why would they want me that he just was like but he wasn't suspicious the reason he said no was his loyalty to his friend
1: right because he's like i told badger i would and his dad's like are you crazy
0: you got yeah even the, so his, his dad even though he's like clearly like you don't qualify for this but you should obviously take it in this economy take it right <laughs> and then he's like no i gave that my word so he he wrote and turned them down
1: and then um he has then that he has the argument with uh with frankie because frankie, okay is that what it is yeah because um She's like, Oh, you were going to go to Buenos Aires or Argentina? I can't remember if it was Buenos Aires, but he's like, Yeah, would that make you sad? And she's like, Yeah, it would have been nice to have you in London. Um, and he's like, Yeah, but I couldn't hang out with you in London. And that's when they have the whole.
0: You know, yeah, that's when he's like, Your friend, you and your friends are too good for me, blah, blah, blah. And then she's just like, All right, then fine. Right. So
1: then he decides to go on a Oh, hike. yeah, because that's how they make up right okay right. go on sorry So then he decides I'm that, he, that he's gonna go out and leave the house because he's sick of everything because he's supposed to leave to go to london to work with badger but not for a couple of days and so he's just like i'm done with everything so he gets a sandwich and a beer from his the housekeeper because even though they're not rich he has a housekeeper because uh, that's how england is i guess um, was yeah was i don't know um, also they're at the vicarage Right, I suppose there's
0: housekeeping to do. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So um <laughs> anyway, so he gets something uh, from her. I think
0: domestic servants is a very different topic, at in the country we grew up in and the time we grew up in. Yeah. Right, we're very uncomfortable with it because I know when I traveled to India and it's much more regular to have or be a domestic servant. You know what I mean? It's it's just yeah,
1: yeah. It's
0: it's you know what I mean. But it just it's for us, I think it's just extremely uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, totally. I don't know, yeah. um, but a- and I,
0: and I think that like in the context of the time and place we grew up, but I, it, clearly in this time and place, it's not a big deal. And I the thing that I found fascinating in India—nobody asked me this—was <laughs> in a country with a lot of people, it's a great way to have more jobs. Fair, like it's not—I'm not saying anything about class and all the other things that go into it, but I did notice like in a country where like there's a lot of people who need jobs, and like those are a whole bunch more jobs. Yeah. If everybody has a
1: housekeeper and nanny and
0: yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying like there's a whole other probably negative negative side to it, but it's fascinating how I was like, Oh, because there's just so many people, you know, it's such a dense population and like, there's only so many shops, there's only so much manufacturing, you know what I mean? So having a domestic workforce, like we don't even have that, you know what I mean? We don't have that lane apart from childcare. Well, and I, I mean, there's people who clean houses, but they have to go from house to house to house, which also is sucky work. Like, Would it be worse to stay in one house and dust versus like going from house to house to
1: house? Well, and especially, I mean, because the domestic kind of indicates that they live at the house with you. And I was thinking why that is uncomfortable to me is because of the association with slavery. Like this idea that you don't have your own, because, you know, I have somebody. Your who, own identity. Right. You don't have your own home. Right. You know, and, um, and so domestics, this idea that they live with you and they don't have a home of their own. They live right, and Oregon. we're only
0: okay with it in our country when it's like you know, young Swedes who are your au pair and right. that's okay.
1: For, for, and then for a year,
0: yeah. Right, cause the, yeah, because you know that they're going to um, find a, I have, a spouse to love.
1: Right, right. That's right. <laughs> And because I have somebody who helps me with childcare um and but she goes home like i right it's a job that she does and she comes and takes helps me take care of the kids and then she goes home and she gets to eat dinner and have her own food and sleep in her own bed and she doesn't have to watch the tv i want to watch right
0: or- yeah and you and it's true because like that sort of never off thing of right. living right that part, just I think, and I, you know, I have, I've never d- done a live-in nanny, but I have friends who, like, I've done childcare, but never living with someone. But I have friends who have been a live-in nanny, and there is sort of the expectation of like you're always working because you live for free, and right. If you have a good situation of that, it's not a bad gig. But it, if there's class or race or other factors, it could go, you know, really the the power dynamics could be. Terrible. Oh, totally, yeah, totally. And so, anyway, so, so. The- but anyway, I just noticed it because it's interesting. Because like, there are people in domestic service in like pretty much every book, and every time we talk about it, we're like, Ugh. I know. Right? <laughs> but it's like it's a fact of the of the culture to which we're reading, right? But well, it but- makes us uncomfortable, and I think that's part of something that we're indoctrinated into. And like you said, probably it's the American Association with Slavery.
1: Well, and, but also the fact that Bobby's like, I'm poor, and that's why you can't hang out with me, uh, Lady Frances. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to go get a sandwich for my housekeeper. And I'm like, um, see, no, the housekeeper.
0: Well, and that, I feel like there's other ones that we've read where it was like, we had nothing. And then I had the housekeeper to blah, blah, blah. It was like, well, you didn't have nothing then because you're paying the salary of some person. Like someone's whole salary was coming out of your. And and you have enough space for them to live in your house. So. Right. And you're not renting out that room. You're paying someone to live in that room and work for you. So you're not poor. You just think you're poor. Right. I mean, you're poor for your class. Right. Because, of course, Lady Frances probably had.
1: You know, twenty servants, and maybe it sounds like Bobby had. Two. Although
0: it's it's interesting to when you read these because you know they definitely make the progression from when we first started. The. As as we go further in, they talk about the scarcity of domestic help, but it's always like after the war, there's a lot of references in the in the discussions, not in this book, but there's been, especially when it comes to uh, the Miss Marple books, there's a discussion of like, oh, we used to be able to have help like that. And now they're always talking about the scarcity of domestic help.
1: Right, and that's probably because after the war, there was so much more uh, social mobility. So people didn't have to just be, have that as their life. And I think you're right, because I think the later books as we get into the 40s, when the economy gets better, I mean, obviously the war, you know, messes that up too. But um, as we get into the 40s, 50s, and the economy is really good, then they probably would have a lot of shortage of domestic help. So, and the the later 30s would have been a better economy too. So anyway, the point is, Bobby got a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) just talk
0: for like a half an hour i'm gonna have to edit all that out but yes we we digressed (laughs) way into things that we actually are not educated enough to speak on but oh yes, well don't i mean because don't edit that out because i think the theme of social
1: class and class tension is part of this and i just
0: wish we were better educated (laughs) We're like rambling like well what i think is based on absolutely nothing Fair. And just as American, what well, okay, what we're speaking to is our discomfort with it. Right. So he gets, and I think that you and I, specifically, because the way we grew up, we had a lens to wealthy friends and a lens to, you know, friends who were struggling. And so I think we are weirdly acutely aware of those things. I'm and so, sure. like, I think you and I have like a, a very acute. Middle class guilt that kicks in, where it's just like, is someone being oppressed here? (laughs) And like, because you know what I mean, because we were, because we we had friends that had a lot less than us, and friends that had a lot more than us, and so we can see, like, I'm not like those guys, but I'm not like those guys, and I don't want to be seen as those guys who are taking advantage of people, right? And so I think that that's kind of unique to us, where it's just like this, like, I'm not exploiting anyone right here. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not doing that, right? I I made my own sandwich. I got my own beer
1: right right because that's my thing is if he's like oh lady francis i'm poor you would not hang out with me they go make your own damn sandwich but you know uh but anyway what
0: right okay so yeah so bobby got a sandwich <laughs> and then he has <laughs> you said that so well <laughs> the point is there's a sandwich actually more to the point is there's a beer no one cares about the damn sandwich (laughs) (laughs) who made it
1: oh no later in the story the woman who made the sandwich is actually very important so you know
0: oh my god okay see again you're you're pulling all these details (laughs) in but i totally missed okay so yes now you're right the sandwich is important (laughs) (laughs) bobby goes hiking and he's like a he's he's such okay so back to back to the actual story oh god i think bobby is such a chill dude i don't know if we do (laughs) I even had much but i'm just yeah. so loopy just from you make me laugh <laughs> oh so, she's getting up guys of course she's standing up i'm standing I'm gonna, up. I'm gonna keep it together she's out of my <laughs> video screen but i can watch her cat whose name is sushi so she's like give me stink eye so um bobby is such a chill guy he goes on a hike and he actually doesn't like to go on hikes he has this whole inner monologue which i totally identified with because he's like my dad would think that going on a mm. hike, I think he uses the word hike, he might have used a different verb, is like the kind of industrious thing that one should do. And he's like, actually, it's not. Because if you like hiking, then you're, it's self-indulgent. And if you don't like hiking, why are you doing this? <laughs> and I remember that. So <laughs> that
1: there was so- a time
0: in my past when I briefly moved back to Portland, Oregon. And I was looking for a job. So there wasn't a lot of disposable income. And so it was like, what do you do in a city you know, with a lot of beautiful outdoor space, they tell you, when you don't have a lot of disposable income? Well, you can go on hiking. But hiking is basically walking to nowhere with nothing to do. <laughs> and our and parents like, really I, liked it. And I, I, I don't like it. And it's funny because in COVID times, I go on walkies, but that's different.
1: <laughs> yes it's totally different Ugh.
0: but like i would be like i would go on these like you would try go on hikes and like i know it's a very popular pastime for people but for me i'm just like either i'm going to a place and i can say i'm walking to x or if I'm just meandering, why am I walking to nowhere and then coming back? And so his internal monologue about hiking—how his dad would be like, "That's the kind of thing that you should do. You should go on hikes." Well, he also talks. And about- I was like, I can hear, I could hear our dad's voice in my head being like, "You should go on a hike." I'm like, why? If if you like it, then it's it's you know self indulgent. And if you don't like it, then why are you going on this? Why are you walking around with nowhere to go?
1: Oh, and I loved it because he he kept on talking about, "Do I have my go on a hike, have my food, or take a nap?" And then he was like, my dad would totally be like, go a hike. So I've earned my rest. And he was like, oh yeah. He's like, but what if I don't want to? So he takes a nap. He, he just goes in the woods and sits down and falls asleep, which is hilarious and awesome. Cause he's like, I decided not to hike. I decided to nap. And then he wakes up and eats his food and he never did go on a hike. And he,
0: he calls it his unearned lunch because he didn't go on a, white, a, a walk and earn it. And, and gave, he's such a chill guy. Like, I, I, I totally identified with him because I would I would totally do this. I would go in and have this, like, long, ridiculous inner monologue about walking or not walking and rebelling for my parents who aren't there having this conversation with me. It's all happening in my head. And then I fall asleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's totally what happened. But then it turns
0: out. I would totally do that except for I, I don't think I could just sleep outside. But Right, right. So, yeah, he so he falls asleep, wakes up, eats, eats his own lunch drinks his unearned beer and then he's like he wakes up in the hospital
1: right he um he was like i feel great yeah and then he wakes up in the hospital and they start the next chapter with frankie who is supposed to have gone to london because they had the fight coming to a nursing home and going in and the nurses are all excited because it's a, it's a lady, Lady Francis Because she's a
0: lady, yes. Um, she has a title.
1: And then goes in and she's like, oh my God, what happened? And Bobby's like, I'm the most important person who ever lived.
0: Because <laughs> someone put eight grains, what's it he calls the, it? Yeah. Eight, what's the unit he used? Yeah. I think they, they call them grains of... Morphia. I don't know, oxy. morphine Morphia. Which,
1: yeah, <laughs> whatever that is. It was
0: 1930 for, for oxy. Yeah. But um, Morphine eight, is what it is. Yeah, but they call it Morphia. But yeah, eight grains of Morphia in his beer, which should have killed people because they were like, you know, the lethal dose is like three grains and I had eight grains and like they had to pump his stomach and he, he was having this whole hero's moment.
1: Oh, and he was so proud of himself. He was like, they're going to write about me in the British Medical Journal. And then Frankie's like, well, clearly the dude you found was killed. And he's like, what? um
0: and right and he's like she's like look you don't have any money nobody gains by your death you don't there's no other reason that anyone would kill you and he's like oh fair enough and then she's <laughs> like, like he doesn't there's no motive to kill him except for the fact that he knew something about this murder and then uh or this guy who died right that it w- is a murder and that
1: it is a murder and then she's like oh and the job was probably um because of that too and he's like what? What do you mean? because he's like, why do they give offer a job to an undistinguished Navy vet? And he's like, undistinguished? And she's like, You weren't in the British Medical Journal then. Um <laughs> And they're yeah, their banter is cute. So um, but then she's like, Clearly both the job offer and the uh poison is because of the dead guy. And he's like, But I didn't see anything. And then they reason out that um, it had to do with the um, why didn't ask Evans things.
0: Right. And, um, and it's sweet because clearly like they had a big blowout, but he almost dies. So she comes back from London and like shows up and brings him flowers and impresses the nurses. And so it's like, it's a sweet, like, okay, I was mad at you, but when it comes, push them to shove, I really love you. And right. So they decide to start basically they, at that moment, they start investigating together. Right.
1: Um, and, of course, he's still going to London to work with Badger on apparently selling the worst used cars you've ever heard of. Now, of course, this is 1934. And so the cars
0: are we've only had cars for t- 20 years. So. Right. So th- their their scheme is to buy old lemons, paint them, make them look good and sell them for long enough to drive off the lot. Right. Like, that's the business model. Right.
1: Which, you know, not a good start. Um, But, you know, hey. um, But but he promised Badger and he needs a job. But then Frankie's like, okay, I'm going to do research. And so she tries to find out who. Because they realize. Oh, 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 I forgot. Um, This is the important part. Is he picks up because he's in the nursing home and he's bored. Because he's recovering from this. He finds the daily paper
0: sees the picture and that's the big clue and he's like like, oh no wonder you thought that she looked like the picture that's not this picture that i saw that's not the same picture that's not the picture that was in her pocket right so then he's so that's their second like so between his poisoning and the picture being switched now we have a murder plot and and they know that roger basington french is the only one with the opportunity to have switched the pictures. Right. Cause he was there with the body after Bobby left. So, and it's interesting because Bobby kind of has good intuition. He's like, you know, I bet that guy's name really is Roger. Bessington French. And he has a, a perfectly good excuse for being in the area. He like had a good intuition about that guy.
1: Right. Because, it, but they decided to
0: investigate him anyway.
1: And so Frankie um, does a good job. she, first tackles her dad to find out oh, where the passing okay. approach are.
0: Frankie is an excellent example of using your privilege for good. Yes. Right, because... like, Okay, she's not an activist, but she's using it for the purpose of solving this murder, but she shows how she has sort of meta-awareness of, okay, this is how I get information out of my father. This is how I get you know use my title to get into places, but it's for a good purpose. And I I thought she was a good, really good example of like leveraging privilege in a productive way. Right. Cause she was never with the awareness of, I have this. And like, cause because I think because her relationship with Bobby and he's not of her class and she, she's, she's more self-aware than the other people images we have of sort of an upper class person. And maybe it's because she grew up like hanging out with the Vickers kids Right. Because she's just like, okay, I can get my dad to tell me these things. I can use this voice when I need to. But she's really good at leveraging what she has in order to get what she needs, but not in a uh, Self promotional way, like not in a narcissistic way. She does it to, to for the ends to the means.
1: And everybody thinks she's really nice and not haughty. And so it's interesting
0: because because she's not right, right. So she's she's great with the servants. Like she's she is a lady and she knows how to act. But she also is like pleasant to everyone. And right. so they all feel people feel good about their interactions with her. So I I actually really admired her as a character.
1: Right. Yeah. Because I think sometimes when. Um, you have a class difference you could have the upper class person being kind of a buffoon i mean i was thinking about julius hurt p hersheimer you know was his he was upper class and was a little bit all over the place but he was an american Fair. and <laughs> as we know the way agatha writes americans um but uh anyway, but because I you're right, I really that's a good way of putting it. It's going back to like Because
0: if- she has the savvy of a Tuppence or uh who's our other heroine from Man of the Brown suit?
1: Anna? I think that's her name. Anne. Anne.
0: But like she has a savvy of them, but they are not upper class. And so to have that savvy, even though you were privileged, often like people who were privileged can't see the privilege. Right, right, right. And so I feel like she's got a really good awareness of like what she has access to, and like she she and Bobby make these decisions when they're like, who's going to talk to this person, who's going to play this role, right? And she knows where she should like, you know, where her presence will be too big, and where it's going to be just right to get the information that they need. And I I just thought it was really her self awareness, um, without being apologetic, which maybe she should be. You know, what I mean, like I'm not saying she's you know Antifa or anything. <laughs> But, <laughs> but she's, but she's willing to, she's, you know, she's, she's aware, like, I, I can get through these doors, and I can use that to help us. And in this case, it's the soul a murder. Right, right. So it's a good goal. Sorry, I digress. No, no,
1: it, it was a good digression. I like that analysis of her, because I hadn't thought about it that way. Like, why do I like her? But I think that's right. And, um but what she, the, besides her dad, the first thing she does is she goes to the house agent's the the real estate agents is what they would call it um in town and was like hey did bassington french come and see you which
0: because that was his excuse he told bobby when he found the body oh i'm in town looking for houses so he she went to the the house agent and was like la de la i'm fancy la de la that's my homie la de la tell me everything so they do and she's like what Where what's not everyone could get that information but because she's her right.
1: they're like oh sure they're like
0: yeah he was looking
1: and then she's like what's his address and they told her and then she was like oh that's not the one i know but now she knows his address
0: right and then between that and the way she like knew how to sort of like get her father's attention enough to know the different davidson Frenches who live in different areas she's basically like done a honing signal and- into his location based on her Privileged knowledge between her dad and the real estate agent she's able to like figure out exactly what house he lives in because she did try by the way to look up
1: evans and she found 485 or something like that in the uh local uh phone book so right that wasn't that helpful yeah so they this um so then she shows up at Bobby and Badger's car shop and was like I need to buy some car. They have the most hilarious conversation where she's like I need to buy a car <laughs> and he's like no, 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 I don't think you're good. These cars aren't good. And she's like, no, that's a good thing. And she's like, I might need to buy two. And he's like, you don't need to buy this. And she's like, no, 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 we have to have a crash. And he's like, you what? It was such a, <laughs> like, I would love to see this in the 1930s like banter film. It's
0: so cute. Cause it's like a, it's like a who's on first. Right, totally. Because basically they're running, a, you know, they're selling lemons to suckers and like and she's like, no, I know what you mean. Like when your friend opens a clothing shop and you have to buy their terrible clothes to support them. That's not this. I actually need a lemon to crash.
1: And he's like, what? But she came up with this plan that she was going to get into an accident right in front of the house where Roger Bashington French lives. And then uh, she brought this dude who we never see again, who doesn't talk, and <laughs> but is actually a doctor. <laughs>
0: He's a real doctor, and he's probably just in it because he's in love with Frankie because I think probably everyone's in love with frankie I mean, I and... am a little
1: bit I mean come on,
0: <laughs> right, she's great, so this doctor agrees to go and like pretend she's injured as she you know crashes her car and pretends to be in it and go up to this house with like injured lady, like you need to let her rest here right. So they plan this and they literally do it. She crashes her car at a a curve just right by the house. Another funny quote takes her to the house. Another
1: funny quote before they do that because they get ready and Bobby's going to be like the signal man for her to like start off to make sure no actual cars are coming. And so they meet up and they're like, "Okay, we're going to do it." And he's like, "You look terrible," and she's like, "Yeah, I'm made up to look like I'm sick." And he was like, "Oh, well then you look like a (laughs) sick monkey," and she's like rude and when she said that i totally heard your voice because you say rude like that and you know (laughs) because but he clearly had never thought of makeup as a way to make you look like you were you know had been in a car accident
0: And it was right. And that's a funny, that's a thing like, you know, especially that's funny in our like TikTok, Instagram age where like, you know, people do all this magic with makeup and it's still a mystery to a lot of us. So it's like, yeah, no, she made herself up to look terrible. She would not be out of the house looking like this if she weren't supposed to be a car crash victim in a moment. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. It's super cute. (laughs) And I do say that rude. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So they do
1: it and she goes into the house and she meets the Bassington French wife
0: so okay so there's a wife a husband and his brother and roger is the brother so he doesn't actually live there but he doesn't not live there it seems like he stays there most of the time and he's a bit of the rolling stone of the family and and then there's his brother and then his what's the brother's wife name sylvia Sylvia and then they have a little fascinating is so it's going so well the doctor goes in he takes her and he's like she's concussed she must rest and then he's like I leave you here let her rest you know it's going to be good and then you know upper class upper class it's fine she can stay here she has a title we don't know her but rando off the street as long as she's of our class this is fine and then he leaves but then of course as as any person would Sylvia the wife is like um but I'll call a doctor to come check on her tomorrow because she's been in a her car was totaled we should probably have one check on her brain swelling tomorrow and then the doctor's like uh uh no uh you can't do that because she's fake injured she wasn't in the car when they crashed it and and so what he comes up with is to say that she's a christian scientist and that she refuses all medical care and then he couldn't even like she was offended that he looked at her and I was so paranoid that that was going to come up again, that she was going to forget to be a Christian science scientist, but it was kind of a red herring because I thought it was Chekhov's religion, but it didn't come up again.
1: Totally didn't. At the very beginning, she's like, what if I say something wrong? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I mean, she doesn't say shit, but um, but then, yeah, it
0: never comes up again. And I was kind of expecting someone to be like, what? What do you mean? Because I thought you were a Christian scientist, but it never comes it never up comes up. <laughs> And
1: this is where the story gets a little bit sad. And, uh, because Sylvia's husband is addicted to drugs. Um,
0: they have... Which Sylvia calls, I mean, no. Frankie calls real early. Yeah, because she's, like... Because, like, he's, like, he's so moody. Like, one minute he's super snarky. And then the mail comes, because he's getting him off the dark web. And so, his, the mail comes, and then now he's in a good mood again. Right. And so... Um, so like Frankie figures out really early that he's, you know, addicted to drugs and probably opium. And
1: then they have a and small then... child who has been in some accidents and almost died a couple of times. And so Frankie's right. like, oh, this is bad. But then she meets Roger. Um, and Roger is charming. And
0: right. So Roger is the brother of Henry, I Henry. Henry. So, Henry is the guy who's the man of the house, and he's addicted to opioids. Mm-hmm. Hashtag epidemic. Um, and uh, Roger's the brother, and he stays there a lot of the time. He doesn't necessarily, he's sort of like, he goes overseas a lot. He's doing a lot. He's, he's a Rolling Stone. He's doing a lot, but he often stays they there. They call him a
1: narrator. And,
0: and he's the one who came and relieved Bobby. So, we we've suspected him. He, we came to find him. But then Frankie meets him. And he's charming and he's great. And she even says she says a lot of killers are supposed to be charming, but I just can't think he that would be a murderer. Like she totally is taken in by him, even though she says she owns to herself. Like, well, they say that a lot of killers are very charming, right? And so yeah, spoiler, he is a murderer. But then he he does the narcissist trick and brings her into his confidence by saying, "I'm pretty sure my brother's hooked on drugs," right. And they don't, you know, at this point, so again, she's concussed. She's supposed to be, you know, concussed and recovering there, but they don't know her. But Sylvia bonds with her. They're both fancy ladies. All of a sudden she lives there. Right. And Sylvia and she's holds- just staying in play. Cause that, now she's playing tennis every day. So she's clearly not healing anymore. Right, right. And then, um, she, and Sylvia's like, it's been so lonely. It's great to have you here. Right. And, um,
1: and she writes a letter to Bobby because his role is to put on a mustache and be a, her chauffeur and drive her
0: actual car. Um grow a mustache, because fake mustaches always look bad, hashtag drag kings. Um so he's supposed to grow and, that, a and mustache, she was like how mustache, so it doesn't look fake. And that
1: was hilarious because she was like, How long would that take? And he's like, uh three weeks and he's she's like oh no that's way too long
0: <laughs> he's like i can't force it to grow any longer
1: so yeah their whole thing of like un like having no idea like he's like what's makeup and she's like how long does it take to grow a mustache i you know uh right but um the other thing is she starts doing some amazing research she figures she asks if, if they have an alibi for the day that bobby was poisoned. And Roger does. And then she asks, um, brings the picture of the dead guy and is like, oh, this happened. And Roger's like, oh, yeah, I was there. This
0: happened near where I live. That's why I'm talking about it. And then
1: Sylvia goes, oh, that looks like Alan Carstairs. Oh, but it must not be him because, you know, they said it wasn't. And so
0: uh, Frankie's like, well, actually, it probably was because... We, we don't. Right. So that's how Frankie h- figures out who the dead man actually is. Because they have a feeling that this brother and sister, since the photos were swapped, probably that brother, excuse me, sister and brother-in-law were fake Right. And so they're trying to figure out who the dead guy actually is. When they head there, they they, they pretty much know that the police identify, identification of the dead man is wrong. So they're like, who is, you know, John Doe? So when she brings out the photo, she's looking for their reactions and she's also trying to figure out who this guy really is. And that's when that, when Sylvia says, Oh, he kind of looks like so-and-so. And then she's like, ah, he's so-and-so.
1: Right. And then of course, another spoiler here, because Roger actually is a bad guy. He's like, no, he didn't actually look like him at all. Um, right? And, uh, but anyway, so, so now she, uh, and then we learn about the next door neighbor. So Amanda brings up a big, big plot hole, but uh, she texted me earlier today because <laughs> um, apparently when this guy, the now we've identified the dead guy, was visiting them randomly,
0: car, car scares. scares. I, it's so funny when you when you audio read, which is a uh, self-permissive way of saying you know listen. Mm-hmm. I listen. I listen to the books. I don't. You know, I'm basically a child being told a bedtime story it's mm-hmm. fine but you know like you hear these names and you imagine how they're spelled so like you know the narrator just says basington french he doesn't <laughs> french it but since there's so many ups in it when i'm reading it now right <laughs> and then car stairs his name is literally car, car stairs, stairs. <laughs> that's not a name that's car stairs also, like also it's like like the two nouns car and then stairs yep. That's not that's a noun. Like, that's not, that's not yeah, a name. i know. <laughs> I'm looking at this now and I'm like, what was the name again? Oh, car <laughs> stairs. <laughs> like automobile escalator. Okay, fine. <laughs> that's not a name.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. But we find out so um, anyway, so there's one last uh, in- mysterious introduction and that is the Nicholsons. And um, so Frankie meets them and they own a big house in the neighborhood, but the dude, the doc. Um,
0: okay, right. Okay, that's where we're going with this because we were about to give the whole thing with Carstairs, but that's where you're right. going with this with the so Nicholson. Okay, go Live ahead.
1: Close to NC. the Um, Bassington frenchs Um, they uh, the dude is a doctor. He was Canadian,
0: and Sylvia said before they came over for dinner, as one does, as as we all have. Be like, I can't stand that man. Let's have him over <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> right. Sylvia's so like, I do not like Dr. Nichols. He's the worst. His wife is all right. Right. Nicholson. Um, but I yeah. hate him. And so Nicholson. Um, but yeah, let's have him over for dinner. And then
1: when he comes over, <laughs> he starts asking Frankie a lot of questions about her accident, where he's kind of poking holes in the fake accident. So she's like, Ooh. And he's also just giving like he's giving evil he's giving
0: bad guy yeah
1: so so frankie is like evil bad guy alert
0: and and then the wife is giving victim she's giving you right. know he beats me i'm trapped and he runs so he's a psychiatrist or something and he runs a some sort of institution and the rumors are which is part of why sylvia doesn't like him the rumors are that like people are being held there against their will it's both a rehab like drugs rehab and some sort of like, you know, mental health institution that sounds very problematic. And so he's giving evil psychiatrist from movie about, you know, mental health institution that's abusive to people with mental health disorders or drug problems the whole time. And then he, he kind of hones in on Frankie, as you said about her accident and the the questions about why doesn't make doesn't, why doesn't quite make sense.
1: Right, so, so then Bobby comes to town and I'm pretending to be her chauffeur and staying at the local inn and with his newly grown mustache and it's hilarious because he's like, okay, I'm gonna play a chauffeur staying at the inn. How would I act? I'm gonna act haughty at the inn, like he has a whole like thing and there, you know,
0: where he's yeah. like, ooh, I like your inn. It's very snug, and so you know, like it's speaking of haughty. Hottie- As an aside, what's happening with your earrings? You're so fancy. I haven't worn earrings in a year.
1: I started wearing earrings when, um, oh gosh, how long into online teaching? Where I was like, okay, from the waist up, I am trying to dress semi-nice. Although I teach in the basement of my house and I am freezing. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I could send you a picture. Because yesterday I wore both of the sweaters you gave me at the
0: same time like oh does the cardigan one work too oh yeah I, I you sent me a picture of the knot of the v-neck but I was
1: thinking she probably didn't think I was going to wear both of them at the same time but I not only wore both of them at the same time and a scarf because I'm freezing but I do I have started wearing earrings on work
0: days because I was like it's totally working like to me you look like the most professional thing I've seen in the year like both like I've never worn earrings and I've never seen someone wear earrings I'm like those are earrings i remember earrings yeah it's very nice
1: i mean i also because if i accidentally turn
0: you look turn so fancy this looks like like the oscars to me just because like (laughs) you know because your standards are so low if i turn the camera all of us like all of us are just like in our fancy sweats you know yeah
1: i'm wearing sweatpants but they're sweatpants with pockets and um so you know like nah
0: um but, the, but I'm just saying, like you said, the waist up thing is working. And I just wanted to say, because okay, so for the audience, these are like a, a sculptural curved metal. Yeah, they're cu- And they're, they, they dangle. So when she talks, they move, they like work really well with the hair length. It's just, it's just really airing perfection. Oh, thank you. And I it's just, it's just, that. it's just, it's just like, you know, I have a whole rack of, 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 you know, cheap jewelry that I just keep over there. Because I think it's just more to disinfect when I get home from the hospital so i don't <laughs> right because
1: yeah the idea that, uh, the funniest thing is is that i am the most dressed up to go into my basement because on the weekends
0: i'm not going out <laughs> to dinner
1: i'm not going out to see people if we do see people it's outdoors at a park and right now that means a lot of layers
0: so, right we're looking like our north face best right and so
1: there's no wearings then because that's just gonna
0: make you cold Right. So
1: yeah, the, but yeah. Anyway, nice so, that's look. an aside.
0: But I was super impressed. I was like, I remember earrings. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where were we? I get the question. Okay, it's a podcast. It's a podcast.
1: So um, anyway, <laughs> so we meet all these people. Um, Bobby.
0: Oh, okay. So the whole thing about Carstairs and I me mean, making fun of his mm-hmm. name. So they say that the dead man resembled this guy, Alan Carstairs, and the Sylvia happens to mention that when he came over he came down with like some random friends and they met him and when he was there he saw a picture of their friend moira that was on the piano and he was like asking a lot of questions about her and then later on that's the wife of creepy psychiatrist dude who comes over her she's moira
1: right and so the question that we have agatha is why the heck
0: why is there a picture of moira on your piano
1: right because it's one thing if it was like a group shot of the neighborhood where it's like moira and her husband and the bassington fridges all together hanging out and they have a picture but no it was apparently just like a portrait of moira so why the heck would they have a portrait of moira who's like a neighbor who we heard hear from sylvia that she's like oh she's okay
0: like so, she's okay, and I don't like her husband. So why would you have a picture of her in your p- on your piano? And that's that comes up at least like a couple of times. It's like the, the importance that like there was this picture of her in the house, and that's how Alan Carstairs starts to figure out the whole mystery. Which is why, but I really wish it was I don't have pictures of a lot of my neighbors who are just acquaintances, right, in my home. Unless it's a group like it's, she's not a close friend. And yeah, and again, I don't know in the 1930s if they were doing like, you know, group shots of like snapshots of like, everyone at something, but they didn't describe it that way. They didn't describe it as a group shot. Here we are at the like neighborhood block party. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just sort of like a, like you said, a portrait of her. And I was like, why do you have a portrait of a random neighbor lady
1: in your house
0: on your piano? Because
1: it's important to the plot because Alan Carcers is very interested in her and
0: he's asking all these questions
1: and the reason why we're going to find out. So uh, Frankie and Bobby drive back to London because Frankie tells the Bassington Frenches that her dad was worried about her. Not true at all. Um, she just wanted an excuse to talk to Frankie uh, and talk about what they would learned um, with nobody listening to talk to Bobby. I mean, talk to she's Frankie. Sorry. Frankie wanted to talk to Bobby without anybody listening. And so they share info and then like, Oh,
0: so the fam... Yeah, so meanwhile, Fr- Bobby, you do it to me now, <laughs> I'm misgendering him. So Bobby has been staying at the local inn and playing this part of the chauffeur. And so he's getting the local tea about the how creepy this doctor is, Mr. Nicholson, Dr. Nicholson, and how there's, you know, p- terrible abusive things going on at the sanatorium. And he's kind of getting the like the lay of the land from the working class, as it were, perspective. Right. So they go so they drive together to to London to compare notes. And so they have
1: another funny scene where they find get the name of the fam the people who brought Alan Carstairs to the Bassington Frenches. And it's the Rivingtons. And so she's like, Well, there's only so many Rivingtons. We should go visit. It- who should we pretend to be to visit? You should be solicitors. There wouldn't be a female solicitor awareness of She's like, I can't do it in this case. It has to be you. So they put him in her dad's clothes. So he's dressed fancy.
0: Right. Remind me of Tennant because she's like, you can't go in any of your clothes. You need to have my father's custom tailored clothes. Even they're not custom tailored to you, you can still see the level of tailoring. So you're going to like sell as like the right class. And then. And they're like, well, this mustache you've grown doesn't really look like what an attorney would have, a solicitor would have, but you can't get rid of the mustache at this point. So we're going with right. that. So he shows up to the house of the, what's her name? Rivingtons. And has, Rivingtons. has a
1: hilarious conversation where this woman's like, so you represented Dolly something. Um, is really true that she did what she said or what they said about her
0: and he's like totally just and he has no idea he shows up and this woman is asking about gossip from a trial that he knows nothing about and he's like well that was
1: denied not everything's
0: in the court record right. and he
1: totally just drops a lot of an innuendo and she's like oh that's awesome I'll tell you anything like
0: it puts her as putty in his hands and he plays it so well he didn't say anything he just sort of like Implies it's so perfect, and uh, so this woman, the the husband is in home. So the woman who is the so this couple went down to visit the Basington Frenches and took their friend Carstairs, and so they're trying to get more information about Carstairs from this woman. So it turns out he was a person who traveled around the world a lot which is why nobody has noticed that he's dead or he was identified wrong which they had deduces so deduced so frankie and bobby had realized that like okay he's tan and he's dead and they've given him a false identity so he's got to be someone that no one would realize was gone like someone who travels a lot or doesn't have a lot of close relations in, in england someone who yeah. goes overseas they'd already figured that out so that it already added up when they said that he with someone who's overseas a lot and the
1: reason he came to england was because a friend of his had died and he was really suspicious about it and his friend was a guy named john savage right is that right john Mm -hmm. it was
0: savage yeah and
1: he was a billionaire millionaire something rich guy whole bunch of heirs heirs. yeah and that um had come to england fallen in love or and then um yeah fallen in love in love come to england
0: And then gotten thought he
1: had cancer and killed himself.
0: Thought he had cancer and then killed himself and then even though he didn't have cancer.
1: And so Alan Carstairs was like, none of this sounds like my friend. I'm gonna go to England and investigate.
0: Yeah, because they had been like off being like colonialists together, adventuring, being like rich white guys shooting lions or whatever. And so they were like, he was like, that's not the same guy. He would never die and give all this money to this random lady he wouldn't kill himself he wasn't scared of having cancer none of this adds up so he came back to kind of like follow up on what's going on
1: so then that's and and so you know that's why he was in england so then frankie and bobby are like whoa okay that's probably related that he thinks that there's something um going Weirdly wrong. fishy about the death of Mr. Savage. Right. And so this is all about the cover up of this dead millionaire. And that's what makes it make sense. And he left 700,000 pounds to her. <clears throat> and you got to remember, this is when Bobby said, I'm not worth 1,000 a year. Right. And, and John Savage left 700,000 pounds
0: to some lady to, he just met.
1: Right. So this is why Alan stands is investigating. So I want to say a little out here. Up to this point, Frankie and um, Bobby are doing an amazing job investigating, finding out stuff. They've done all the things.
0: They've done then, all the
1: things. And then things go wrong.
0: Uh, because they come face to face like before like they had done a good job of investigating they're on a good path and if they had been investigating something without a villain they would have gotten there but because now they're coming up where the villain sees them coming you know what I mean right they were doing a good job finding the clues and following along and if it just was like where did I leave my wallet so I could leave the house? They would have been great at that, right? Just solving the problem, they would have been great. But since they were coming up against a villain, they were not prepared for that.
1: And so I'm gonna, We're going to spoil the story. So, but we've said this before. So, <laughs> Roger, sorry, Roger Bassington, French, and Mrs. Uh, Nicholson, Moira, are the bad guys, but. Because
0: they're young, attractive, and incredibly devious. Right. So Roger Basington French is giving like charming dude, great with his nephew, great with his sister-in-law, worried about his brother's drug problem, super charming, playing tennis, da-da-da. Moira is giving a victim of an abusive relationship, You should save me. You should worry about me. Um, And so like Frankie is attracted to Roger and all of his like class signaling and like I'm just like oh you know I'm a floater and I'm international and I'm here but I'm so supportive of my family. He's super charming. And then Moira is doing like a damsel in distress thing that Bobby is drawn to. So like while well. We know that Bobby and Frankie are probably going to end up together. You're hoping for that, but you see Bobby being drawn to protecting Moira, and you see Frankie being drawn to Roger and me. Like he can't be the killer because he's so charming, and like and- is he? And she even says to Bobby, "Is Roger falling for me?" Right,
1: and 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 there is some tension between Bobby and Frankie about both of them um, because. You know, they're being sucked in. And Roger and Moira do an amazing job of like, oh, shit, these people are trying to figure out what happened. Because they... Uh, Moira was the one who poisoned Bobby. And so she knew who he was. He shows up at their town and he's like... She's like, oh, shit, oh, shit. But he just is like, oh, you're the original of the photograph. The That's reason him- that you were in the
0: photograph and, and she... Like, yeah, Carstairs was my former lover, and so when he saw that picture of me, he wanted to find me, but I'm in this abusive marriage now, and that's why he was killed. And it sort of implies the husband, who we already don't like because he's a creepy psychiatrist. So, Dr. Nicholson, like, we start to suspect him. We're like, he's a creepy psychiatrist, and he's clearly controlling his wife. She's an abuse victim. And we're going down that road. Right. And so So, she sells that the person who died was probably killed by her husband because he was jealous because he was coming back to rescue her. Right. And then she beats eyelids, beats eyelashes at Bobby. And he's like, sigh. Right. Oh, by the way, they own,
1: or they say Dr. Nicholson owns, the same kind of car that was seen close to where Bobby was when he got poisoned, a Talbot, which I looked up. But when I look up a 1930s Talbot, it just looks like a 1930s car to me. I mean, you know.
0: Um, Yeah, when I heard Talbot, all I could think of was like the... Clothing store? The safe, I'm a woman in my 40s dress store (laughs) that only Michelle Obama can make look good. (sighs) Her outfit at the inauguration, why is she so ruthless with us? Why would she hurt us like that? Like, she was just so flawless. It was,
1: oh my god, I mean, I love to look like that. Like,
0: I would, I would joke about like her wearing Talbots, but it's like when she wears Talbots, I want to wear Talbots. When anyone else wears Talbots, it's just like, stop it. I understand that you're on the PTA and you're in junior league, but
1: when. Part of the thing is, is that um, she's really tall. And
0: so she could pull off. I support that.
1: But she just
0: looks. I support uh, tallness. Oh, well, I'm not anti-tallness. I'm just saying that that outfit. Her high-waisted pants was ridiculous. Why did she do that to us? Why would she hurt us like that? Why would she look like such flawless perfection? The hair? Ugh. The hair. Ugh. I mean, I mean, But the walk, the walk, the walk in those pants, in that coat. Ugh, it was coordinated. In I the was- mask, no less. I know. The right? mask was flawless. The hair was flawless.
1: I know. I mean, that's the funny thing is that we could talk about J Lo and Lady Gaga's outfit because they're actual like stars who got, you know, professional. But I'm sorry. No one
0: cares. Michelle no one cares. Once sick. you see that, I don't care about your dumb bird. I don't care about your let's get loud. I just want to watch Michelle Obama walk and those bird 17 so feet. I just want to watch her walk large. those 17 feet over and over again forever. That's all I, I need.
1: I want to walk like that. I want to learn how to walk like that. Because if I could walk like that, I could do like, anything. There's
0: things I do to hype myself up before I need to give a presentation. And I'm gonna add that video to my <laughs> hype myself up. Like I'm gonna add that to like I know I have a playlist, but I'm gonna add a visual to my playlist to like watch that video and try to wa- try to emulate that walk before I have to do a presentation because she's everything. She's everything. She's everything. She's everything. Uh, uh, where were we? <laughs> what is this podcast about? Okay, this is now the Michelle Obama stand <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
1: we just talk about how we love her?
0: Okay. No. Okay.
1: Alright. So, anyway, they're getting both distracted by this. So, yeah. Moira's... There like- we are.
0: Okay. Our our protagonists are getting distracted by sexy murderers.
1: Right. And then, while they're getting distracted, Roger kills his brother.
0: Right. So, okay. So, we, we've established that the Mr... What's the first name of French, Bessington French? Henry. So Mr. Bessington French, Henry, who actually owns the house they live in, he
1: well and has the sh- title. I mean, air right.
0: quotes, air quotes shoots himself right. while Moira, no, not Moira. Frankie's in the yard with Roger, and so they run up. And there's a suicide note that's like, I can't take it, I'm so sorry, everyone found out about my drug addiction, um, failure, yada yada, kill myself.
1: And oh and, and- also like Moira and Roger started throwing a lot of dart in the air, including that Dr. Nicholson was in love with Sylvia and
0: had gotten Henry addicted to drugs. It was actually just Roger who did it. Um Right. But they but they yeah, they tried to make it sound like Dr. Nicholson was in love with sylvia and so he was trying to get the husband admitted so that he could seduce his wife and it it was looking like that like that they were doing a good job of setting up that scene
1: and that's the one thing because you know how i hate the sad um that um especially since i've had kids um but that the whole like this is a mom of a young child and her husband was addicted to drugs um and then her no, husband, and
0: it's really sad and, it, and it's like you know like he he was a man who was addicted to drugs
1: and so like against his i mean like he was clearly drawn into it um well yeah it, and we find out that he was basically set up by his brother and and his brother just wanted the money and the title of the bassington french which had-
0: brings us back to the other story that you didn't like from quinn which is where which i think it's fascinating because Maybe, in our culture, inheritance is never that binary where like one gets so much and the other one doesn't right because like that was the one that upset you so much with the sisters where the other one like you know right tricked her with the whole identity thing, but like this is the same thing that happens here where like the younger brother who doesn't inherit because it becomes a sociopath right, and so it's interesting because like i think that's hard for us to uh, i i made a joke about it in the last story because i was like i don't know any stories like that but maybe it actually does happen when there's a story like this where like one inherits so much because in, in inheritance in our country when there is inheritance it's typically like pretty evenly split right and now and I- maybe the golden child gets like some sort of you know whatever but like normally there's not this like you get the title and the house and everyone and the, and the younger one gets absolutely nothing. And that's kind of how they set this one up where like the younger one got nothing where his brother who's older got the title and the house and all the money. Right. Although, I and wonder, so it's, it's interesting.
1: Roger clearly has been spending money his whole life. So he clearly, oh, had right, So he must've had an
0: allowance, right? He must've had money, but he didn't, but he felt like he got so much less than his brother. Right. Because it's and- a very similar theme to the other one, where he's like, "I'm going to kill my brother. I'm going to kill my brother's son, right? So, so that I can get what they have, right? So, so basically, in when there, you know, there's all that psychology around birth order. Mm-hmm. So they're teaching us that, like, in the wealthy classes in England, younger siblings are sociopaths, right? That's what I'm learning from Agatha Christie, right? <laughs> and as a younger sibling i resent that right because i've never thought about killing you for your earrings (laughs) (laughs) i'll give you the earrings dude
1: (laughs) so maybe that
0: maybe that sets up a sort of psychopathy in a younger sibling
1: yeah yeah because you're yeah, the luck of the birth order. Yeah.
0: Okay, so yeah. where are oh, we?
1: Oh, yeah. So uh, w- the other way that they trick um, that Moira and Roger are now sucking Bobby and Frankie in is Roger's like, oh, I totally took the photograph because all- Alan Carstairs was in love with Moira and I
0: figured it would just embarrass her. Um, right. So I told so him he- to took the because- photograph. Because... And he says that because Frankie confides in him and is like, hey, did you take that photograph? Because she's starting to really trust him. So she lets him in on the inner circle. She tells him that she faked the accident. And tells him basically everything.
1: And then she she says, why didn't you recognize him? Uh, Because he'd been to visit your house. And he was like, oh, his face was covered up with a handkerchief. And then later it's like, but earlier you said it didn't even look like him. So like, but he, he managed her that logic, logical inconsistency. She doesn't remember. Um, right. Cause he's so charming. So, he's so charming. So that's the, you know, they're kind of like sucked into this, you know, like, Oh, the bad guy is Dr. Nicholson. Um, and maybe even Sylvia, which good grief, um, because of them suggesting that and they even are like Right.
0: Like I I actually it took me like the second reread to like not suspect Sylvia again. I was like, Sylvia's a part of this. She's not a part of this at all. She's no, just like po- a poor woman. No.
1: Yeah. She's a lonely woman with a little son and a husband Whose
0: husband got addicted to drugs, whose brother in law tried to kill her son on multiple occasions.
1: And then killed her husband and there she and is then he'll killed her husband. Son. Yeah. Just that the part was super sad. But So anyway, um, Frankie leaves the house after Henry is dead because she's like, okay, that's just weird if I'm hanging out. Although, ironically, that's probably when Sylvia needed somebody to be there the most, but whatever.
0: Um, But yeah, it seemed like by social mores that like she was like, okay, well, after your brother or your husband kills himself, I should go. I've been staying here for weeks for absolutely no reason playing tennis, but now it's it's rude. Right. which is funny because like Sylvia clearly was lonely and kept saying, don't leave. I love having you here. Right. And so it seemed like it actually would have been very supportive of her to stay, but right. she goes,
1: but then she does. He's like, okay, this John Savage thing that Ellen Carstairs was investigating. Um, I'm going to go see my solicitor and say that I want to make a will. And, and this is her using her privilege uh, again. And she, um, uh, is like I'll ask about John Savage's will, um, and so she manages to get the solicitor to talk about it. Which eh, that is highly unethical, by the way, solicitor, to talk about somebody else's legal
0: affairs. But he says, "I'm only telling you what's in the public record." Fair, fair. He does. He cut. He sees his A <laughs> by saying, "I, I, it's not." He you know, revealing an anything. Got it. I was like, <laughs> "What?" He ceases
1: A. C. Y A. He come, yeah. He, he a.
0: sees a j, yeah. By uh, by saying, "I'm only repeating what's in the public record." Right. And so then they find out about the, you know,
1: cancer and the seven hundred thousand pounds. Right.
0: So the so the whole thing is that like the story is that he met a woman on a ship and was enamored with her. And then when he got back to London, he became paranoid that he had cancer. And he went to a doctor who said, you don't have cancer. But he was paranoid that he had cancer. And then he stayed... Not with the woman. No, yes, with the woman. He stayed with the woman.
1: And then they was found and then,
0: And then left her all his money and then killed himself.
1: Right. Right, because he called the solicitor...
0: To, to come to
1: what, random where he moment. was
0: to rewrite his will and give her all his money. So it's super suspicious. Or right. as
1: the kids are saying these days, sus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know this because of playing Among Us with my nieces and nephew. So that's adorable. Means, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, what side note uh, when Frankie's like, Uh, hey, I want to consult you. And he's like, somebody's been impersonating me. Because remember back when Bobby dressed up in her father's clothes, he pretended to be from that solicitor's office. And so he was like super upset. And she, this was a great example of what you were talking about, of being aware of her privilege, because she does a quick calculation as like, if I say it was a vicar's son, he's going to be
0: pissed. But if I say it's somebody with a title, he won't right so, so she's she, like yeah it was me and my homie with a title even better than mine and we were just the joking young around Duke of
1: oh i shouldn't say and then he's like oh you what did he say the pretty young things you great young things
0: right Some- and so yeah so she she totally knows how to leverage that to get him to not be upset about the fact that they did definitely impersonate someone from his firm <laughs>
1: Right, and she totally is like, "Yep, I have to use a title here," and then um, so then he tells you her the whole story, and um, and and then at the end, what I love is he she leaves, and the solicitor's like, "The young duke of," there's only like two or three people that it has a young duke. I'm gonna look it up. Like, what the right? hell? Right, like he's like-
0: excited to hear who was impersonating him.
1: So, but anyway, then there's a, they do, she, uh, Agatha does what she does with Dobby and Tumpets, where somebody gets a letter that says, come to this uh, um, house.
0: In oh, an isolated and you're cottage. just like, don't go, don't go in that basement. You're having the horror movie moment where you're just like, don't do it. Because she's done this, she did this to, which one
1: did she do it to? Tom, right? Or the fake, the fake letter. The fake letter. So, first, um, Bobby goes, and then Frankie's goes, and then the basement, and then they see Doctor Nicholson, and you can't see. Him no, it's, it's not Tommy and
0: Compass. It's it's yeah, it's man in the brown suit.
1: Oh, you're right, you're yeah. right. It's man in the brown suit. You're right. But the, so they're in this basement of this isolated house, and then you see air quotes Doctor Nicholson come in.
0: No, and- they're excuse me, they're in the attic. Attic? Was it attic? Yeah are in
1: the attic. Oh, they're in the attic. You're right. they're in the
0: attic. Not that it matters if you're in the basement or the attic, but like they're in the attic.
1: But whatever. So basically,
0: Dr. Um,
1: Nicholson with quotes
0: Bobby comes. gets trapped and then Frankie gets trapped cuz they they both fall for a fraud. And so they end up both tied up in the same attic and then Dr. Nicholson comes in and he's like yada yada evil yada yada evil and And then
1: and he says something as bad as happened to moira because they couldn't bobby had gone to the house like a couple of days before and be like i want to get moira out because they were worried about moira because they were sucked into her and he's like she's not here right now and so then they're like oh my god moira's dead turns out she was just off doing more crime but okay uh, and and i'm
0: probably gonna edit this out because This is weird to say, but I feel like Moira is such a good example of yes, believe women, but also there's assholes. Right. I know, right. Right. Like, because, like, we do believe women when you're in a terrible relationship and there's assholes who take advantage. And I feel like we see that now where there's people who, like, will paint themselves as a victim to do, to get the, you know everything activated in their behalf but also in this case she's a sociopathic killer
1: right who's beautiful
0: who knows how to leverage that right and she's beautiful and she knows how to damsel in distress
1: and she yeah, she that's her thing so yeah that's it yeah and that's you're right that's kind of so right so
0: that's how um bobby gets tricked because he's trying to go rescue her so he gets hit on the back of the head and taken to said attic but by the way um
1: right before he gets it on the head, it's kind of important is he was staring at Dr. Nicholson in his house through a window, kind of watching him work. And mm. so that's important. Cause he was like staring at him for a while and kind of like getting to know his face. Um, right. And then, um, so anyway, so that's how he got lured. So then Dr. Nicholson is like evil, 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 bad at them. And then, um, a crash happens through the ceiling, which is why it's important. And they're in the attic and it's
0: see attic
1: badger fell through the ceiling
0: because it was like a glass ceiling and we didn't describe badger a lot to you guys but badger is you know and again i was i was cringing a little bit with the audiobook but he's described as having a stutter and we know he's terrible in business he keeps failing in this business and so like you know the audio reader gave him a stutter and kind of made him sound slow but somehow, in this clutch moment where they're definitely going to die, the, the, you know, the, the villain has got them, he's in the lair, the sharks are circling, and then all of a sudden, in comes Badger and rescues them through the skylight, which I didn't know they had skylight in the 1930s in the attics, but he like crashes through the skylight to save the day. And he's the, only, he's the only way this plot, the only way this book could have had a outside help is like badger
1: and then they were like talking about dr nicholson and what he looked like and bobby goes wait a minute that wasn't dr nicholson
0: his ears are wrong because right the attached versus unattached earlobe thing
1: and because you, the,
0: if you've ever perseverated on is so important
1: and when uh, bobby was scared, i have i have
0: like mostly attached lobes which i'm self-conscious about i feel like it's more feminine to have what's the other term like non-attached
1: i have no idea I have there's attached
0: or dangly ones i don't know but like he had the wrong ones but because
1: bobby had been staring at dr nicholson so he stared at his ears and then he realized that the dr nicholson quotes air quotes had that they just was taught were talking to didn't have the right ears and Then he was like, well, then it must have been Roger because no one else knew we were here, you know, because and then Badger says Roger Bashington French. I went to school with him. He was a bad guy. He got kicked out of school for doing a bunch of stuff, including forging checks and a bunch of other
0: stuff. Right. And then the forgery understands how Frankie got there because Frankie got a letter from Bobby that seemed very authentic that Brought her into be trapped in this attic as well. So because he's a great forger, that's so, how Frankie got tricked,
1: and a great impersonator because clearly he was impersonating Doctor Nicholson. And what's great is that both Frankie, I mean and Bobby if they had just moment.
0: had SNL back then, he right. could have had a successful career. Totally.
1: <laughs> um, but that moment when both Frankie and Bobby go. You know what? If we had talked to Badger about any of this, because they were at Badger's garage where they planned the accident. Right, the but ad- everyone
0: underestimated him. And actually there's a there's like a you know, the the line between patronizing and supportive is, is is interesting. Right. And so, but like the fact that like Badger has a speech impediment and that, that is business, business and whatever, but they underestimated him and he's clutch, he comes in at the right moment and like the whole book you're criticizing in your head bobby for being so loyal to badger but you're glad that he was because badger is the one who shows up and saves their asses right and so there is a and he bit had like- the, he had the information because he knew that roger was a bad guy and if they had just asked him he would have known that
1: right so there is kind of a self-realization and i didn't know if um agatha did this on purpose of like hey when you discount somebody like that you're discounting somebody who might have some stuff to offer you know, they right. didn't bring... Here they are gallivanting around um, solving crimes. Right. And they didn't bring Badger and this is clearly
0: like, this is clearly Bobby's best friend, but he hasn't told him anything. If he just just said what I, my top three things that I know from today, right. Badger would have been like, Roger Badger in French, he's the worst.
1: Right. So... Anyway, so then um, they are like, okay, Roger's bad. Um, and then they go into the house and they find
0: Moira and she. No, okay. No, 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 no. You've skipped the heroic moment. This is the best moment of the book. Don't skip it. So, what? Okay. So Badger comes in the skylight. And then, of course, Roger hears a crash upstairs. So he comes up, like, what the hell just happened? I have these two captives, they're tied up. So he comes up and he sees the skylight is busted, but um, Bobby's boot is like lying in the glass rubble because Badger has gone to like hide under the bed. So he's like, okay. And yeah, and Bobby so, said,
1: pull off my boot, put it in the middle of the glass.
0: Yeah, right. And he so their, it's the,
1: They're still tied up and everything.
0: Right. So they're tied up. Right. So, you know, so he hides. So Roger goes back downstairs and now they have time to prep. And they're all ready to attack him. So when Roger comes back up to do whatever nefarious plan he has to like cause them to have an accident that looks natural, he comes in the room and Badger and Bobby attack him, you know, and tie him up. And it's just, it's just a great moment because they're like, he's coming back in the room. Frankie's there on the chair pretending to be tied up, but she's not really. They attack him. It's like such a great moment. It's like the climates of the book where they're just like, ha, ha, ha we got you. <laughs>
1: but then what's disappointing is they start asking him questions and they're like, who is Evans? And he's like. And then he's
0: like, oh, you don't know that?
1: Oh, that's that's the whole reason we killed you, tried to kill you is you don't even know who Evans is. Oh, and he's like,
0: well, if you don't know who Evans is, I'm not going to tell you.
1: And so it was kind of disappointing. So they go through the house. They find Moira and she's like lying on a bed. They asleep. tie
0: him up. Yeah, they tie him up. And, and this is where I had a question about our heroines. Because like they've done so... Heroines means feminine. So, our heroes. <laughs> this is where I had a question about our heroes. Yes. Because they've done so well up to this point. So, they leave Roger tied up in the attic. Fine. And they're like, we're going to go make sure there's no other bad guys in this house. And they look through the house. And they find Moira in a bedroom, drugged up. Right. You know, and there's like a syringe by her bedside. Like she'd been drugged. But in what their understanding, I couldn't find a reason that Roger would have kidnapped Moira and drugged her right. in this house. Like, what the hell did she have to do with any of this? It didn't make sense. And they should have realized that, like, the role she was playing didn't add up if roger's the bad guy then nicholson's not the bad guy so moira can't be the victim right you're right and the way that bobby was just like oh my god here she is drugged victim victim and i'm like obviously that's when i realized that she was in on it because I was like, there's no, like, what is, why would she be there?" Rogers motivation for kidnapping Moira to drug her up and have her in this space? Like we know why he wants to kidnap you two because you guys are like on the, on the verge of figuring out that he's a murderer. Right. But what is the motivation for Moira? Nothing. And so that's when I figured out she was a bad guy and it was mad at them for not knowing it too
1: yeah see, I didn't the first time I read it, although that was a long time ago. Um, i I didn't quite get that. I was like, why was she there because he Roger said something
0: evil about it I something couldn't dirty. I could, but I couldn't think did he because I, I couldn't think of a reason that like Roger would have anything against her. yeah, I couldn't
1: yeah, you're right, you're right. that's a good point. You're right so
0: th- that one, that took me out a little, but the fact that you were tricked helps me yeah because I was- I'm so savvy right now. Yeah, you are. You are. You... <laughs> so, but no, no, I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying that, like, that time I was like, well, why would they still, why wouldn't they be like, hmm, what's Moira do? Like, what's Roger's motivation for Moira? Because, like, it made sense for her to be drugged downstairs when Nicholson was a bad guy. But if Roger's a bad guy, then what's that? You know what I'm saying? Right. So okay. So, they so go, anyways, they, they find to,
1: her. They go to the cops and yes. then they're like, this happened to us and they come back to the house and roger's gone and the cop cops he's escaped he cut through his ropes and escaped and so they're like the cops are like you're making all this up and they're like no no no, we're not we're totally not and they're like we're making it up and they're like we're not so they did find moira and she was drugged with morphia which is you know uh, apparently everywhere um although early in the book it's they, epidemic. they talk about like how hard it is to get a hold of but clearly not for these characters because it was all over the place um, right but she was drugged and they did find moira but um but roger um escaped somehow and then um which we know how because moira wasn't drugged when they first found her she went up and uh, she was pretending to be drugged they leave her She goes and releases Roger and then actually uses a syringe on herself. So by the time the
0: cops show up, she's drugged. She's drugged enough to be knocked out, but not going to die.
1: Yeah. And so, and then there was a funny line where Frankie's like, I have one way of proving that I was there. I threw up. Right. I thought that was funny. Where it's like, I can prove I was chloroformed because I threw up into the coal bin.
0: Yeah, there was that whole thing about that, but yeah, she didn't. They didn't say threw up, but whatever
1: they said, it was British. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so then they're like, okay, now what do we do? So then they decided they are going to trace the witnesses,
0: right? So basically, at this point, they know who the bad guy is, but he's escaped. So then they're trying
1: to do more research into the the millionaire's uh, death, and so right. they go to the witnesses who were signing the will, both of whom worked in the house where the guy right. died.
0: So, to remind you, Mr. Savage is this billionaire or whatever. He comes off a boat. he just met a lady on a boat, and he's like, probably had an affair with her on the boat. And then, she's sort of damsel and distressing, and so he comes to stay with her, and but then there's this whole storyline that he's scared that he has cancer. And then he, they call in That's two cool. witnesses of the house staff to come and sign to observe him sign as well. And then the next morning he's dead.
1: And, oh, and by the way, since Bobby and Frankie have figured all this out, they're assuming that, um, the woman for some reason is Mrs. Kamen. Um, which, you know, w- anybody who's heard the description of Mrs. Kraman is like, yeah, millionaire would not have fallen in love with the Mrs. Cayman. But- right. So Mrs. Cayman was the fake sister of the dead guy. Right. In the beginning of the story. And so they're like, it must be Mrs. Cayman because she's part of the gang. But anyway, uh, it was actually Moira. But so um, so they go to find the cook of the gardener and the cook is an idiot. Um, she's
0: so dumb,
1: and um, and then the gardener
0: is dead. I think the gardener's dead, but they realize from the from the cook, who's an idiot, that she never. It met doesn't the guy quite make was. sense because she'd never met him before the time that she put it's the will, because she's the cook, right? Again, us our conversation on class. You don't meet the people in the house when you're the cook. You just you're you're back of the house, right, as right. it were. You meet so the butler, She had the parlor. She hadn't was, met him before, but she signed the will. And at the gardener, why
1: would the gardener meet a guest in the and house? And the
0: gardener definitely hadn't met this like fancy guest. And they realized that it's a little bit fishy because there was also a housemaid. Right. And the housemaid would have interacted regularly with this guest. because but, yeah. And she was in the house when it was time to sign the will. But they didn't but ask she, her. They didn't use her as a witness. Which means that it was a fake person signing the will.
1: Right. And so they were like, why didn't they ask the housemaid? And that's when, um, I can't remember if it was um, Bobby or frankly said. It was definitely Frankie said. "Uh, Because why didn't they ask the housemaid? And then they go, guess what? The housemaid's name
0: was Evans. And she said it without even reflection. She said, wait, why didn't they ask Evans? (laughs) and it was like did you just hear yourself right now right the whole time that's been the whole quote from this dead guy to be like why didn't they ask evans so
1: then um so they're like oh because they
0: realize and that's and that's again where frankie's privilege comes into play because she's like in a house right you tip the housemaid because because you see her she's bringing you stuff you have interaction with her you know her but you don't interact with the cook you don't interact with the gardener So they could both sign as witnesses a will of someone they'd never met before and be like, sure, that's the guy. But the housemaid would be like, that's not the guy. I've been serving him all these days. And he's been tipping me. We've been joking around. So it was was her insider information as a privileged person to be like, wait, that's the reason they didn't ask Evans is because Evans would know that that was a fraud. And so then they're like, so now that we know that somebody's really good at an
1: impersonation, It was Roger pretending to be the millionaire who signed the will with both the solicitor
0: who the solicitor had never met him before. So it was fine.
1: And then the cook and the gardener. So they didn't ask the, um, the housemaid. So then they're like, Oh, we should probably find the housemaid. And they went to get the address of the housemaid.
0: And then who had been married by now. So her last name changed because patriarchy.
1: And it turns out that the housemaid was now the housekeeper at Bobby's house. At
0: the vicarage.
1: And she'd married a dude who was the, and now she was in charge of running. So she'd moved up. She
0: literally made the sandwich. She made the sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Which I didn't realize that you said a portion. Like that's why the sandwich was important because (laughs) Evans made the sandwich.
1: Evans made the sandwich. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so that's why they were so paranoid about them finding out because like she was literally in service at the vicarage so like this guy saw her every day now she made this sandwich but then here's the thing that's the patriarchy is that bobby
1: never knew what her maiden name was because why would you? And why would you ask your housekeeper what her maiden name was? Because maybe you don't talk to the
0: housekeeper because she's your servant, and that's. Important. Or you know, like you might talk about a lot of things, but not what are your former names? Like I don't even like judging him for that. Like you might, he might have had a lot of great conversations with her, but not like. What was your maiden name? Right,
1: and I guess I wonder, you know, because I could how long ago did this all happen that john savage died was it three years was it five years was it
0: i think it was recent
1: because then how long was mrs roberts the housekeeper yeah but the once
0: biggers- and like that has not changed and like i want to sound like i'm shading heteros but like you know me i've changed my name a thousand times like <laughs> once you change your name like you're like, this is my new name. I am now so and so. No. That person is dead.
1: Right. I just wondered how long she had been in Bobby's house. You know, like that's all I was. No,
0: but like yeah, so she had probably been in the house that long, but like now her new identity is her new married name. And why would I ever use Evans again? That's a dumb common name. That's how I felt about Hall. That's why I kept giving up the name Hall, because it's such a dumb common it's basically Evans.
1: <laughs> Ouch! Ah See, I kept hall.
0: No, but see, you you added to it. I'm back to hall, and I'm stuck with it.
1: See, see, once I I'm kept on it-
0: probation at the Social Security office. <laughs> they won't let me change my name anymore. They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's a star in my chart. They're like, no. If this if this woman tries to come in and change her name. You say, get out of here, <laughs> J- Gay J, <laughs> J- <Gay> Lo. <laughs> Be gone with you, uh, Gay Elizabeth Taylor. Taylor. Taylor, I was like Clayborne, no, <laughs> Taylor.
1: <laughs> this is a joke that no one will understand, but yeah, um, somebody
0: uh... people don't understand divorcee lady ladies jokes. Yeah,
1: that's fair. No, that's fair.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, because of. Because of patriarchy, it was hard to find the murderer because Evans, first of all, we assume when you refer to someone by their last name, it's a, it's a man. That's true. Also, great use of that,
1: uh, Agatha, to point out that people assume it's a man.
0: Because why didn't you ask Evans? We never thought it might be a woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? We assumed if it was a woman, you, you would have used the first name. I assumed that. Right. I did too. Like, I, I assumed that. Like, what was Evans? I'm like, I'm looking for a guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then if she changes her name because she got married, then like, Evans no longer exists. You're a new person. Yeah. Poof.
1: Poof. Which is why, yeah. Yeah. Which is
0: why I like to poof so much. I'm like, I'm no longer exists <laughs> Poof. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. I'm getting gay married again. Poof. New name. Poof. New me. <laughs> Newbie, me.
1: New, me! new name, yeah. Oh
0: goodness. I suppose okay. Like,
1: yeah, since I did.
0: So you're always good at bringing it around to themes because we've solved the mystery now. Well, we have
1: to finish the very end of it. So they go okay. back to Wales to go back to Marshbalt because um, they're like, wait a minute. Now we know it's the housekeeper we should go back and they're actually kind of anxious for some reason and they get to bobby's house and moira's in front of bobby's house and she's like oh, roger is chasing me let's go have oh, tea." oh
0: i forgot about this this is why i tried to write off this ending i tried to be like the book's over we know what happened because i know what it." to so they go to have tea in the tea- and she's like so the weird thing is that moira is outside with them and being like we have to go somewhere right now. Can we go to a diner? <laughs> right? And you're like, I need to urgently go consume a beverage with you.
1: Right. And then she's like totally damseling distress to and there's like they're in the diner and she's like, "Oh, is that him out there?" And they look and then they turn back and she's like,
0: drink your tea. Shaking her rings over their cups. <laughs> <Right? laughs> she's, like, right. she's like, is that a bad guy? And then she's like shaking, you know, right. poison over their cups very because, obviously. And then Frankie's like, ha ha ha.
1: Because she's a bad guy, she just carries poison around with her. <laughs> right? Because that's what you do. If you're a bad guy. As one does. As one does. And then Frankie's like, I'm not drinking this tea. You put poison in it. And then I love because the book just says she started with a string of profanity. And then the diner waitress for the first time in her life. Oh, and started with a string of profanity and brought out a gun, right?
0: Right. She shot, she shot above, like, she shot, and then, like, I think that, like... I think Frankie... Bobby comes out of his damsel in distress stupor and, like, hits the shot away from the love of his life. No, but I
1: thought Frankie
0: did it first. Well,
1: yeah, Mm. I'd have to. But anyway, and then the waitress, they said, for the first time in her life, the waitress hurried to, like... Oh,
0: no, for the first time in the existence of the restaurant, a waitress hurried. Yeah.
1: (laughs) and rushes for the cops and then they arrest moira but i also wonder because agatha these there's for a story about a vicar's son they use the word damn a lot don't they use the (laughs) word bitch once (laughs) yes and um and so like there's some, you know, decent level swearing, and then yeah, no,
0: this is getting more 1930s. Like Agatha's taking this out for a ride, and then she's like, "Let me use my popularity, and see what I can use. We'll see what I can do." And
1: then they say that Moira enters a. This st- ain't no
0: Miss Marple. Oh no. no.
1: <laughs> and and then she she says that Moira starts a string of profanity, and I'm like, I'm really curious. What is the string of profanity that is so bad that Agatha Christie can't tell us?
0: Oh, in my head, I pictured the string that happens in the Christmas story with the tire changing. (laughs) Oh, where like you know, because like when you consume that as a child, you're like string of profanity. I don't know what it is. Yeah, right. Where it's just like blank slate of profanity, but you don't know. You're not sure what to fill in the blank with. That's how I took it.
1: Yeah. So anyway, but so Boyer was arrested Um, and then Frankie gets a letter from Roger because Agatha really likes the uh,
0: closure. Hey, I like it too. Don't you criticize her. I like the bad guy big reveal. Fair. It is nice. Let's do it. If you're going to be a bad guy, like don't leave us hanging. Like we're here for the big reveal.
1: That's true, and since we're not going to have a Hercule Praro moment where he tells everything,
0: um, right? So we know Moira went to jail and basically snitched, and then uh, what's his name? Roger. Roger, because like Roger and Bobby keep like sounding the same, but like yeah. okay, so like Roger gets away and then sends a letter back to Frankie to be like, "Here's how I did it." Ha ha ha.
1: Right. Yeah, if we put Roger, Bobby, and Frankie, we have definitely started a boy band. Just to let you, just <laughs> like basically the same name. <laughs> we have definitely started a boy band from the 90s. You know?
0: <laughs> right? So anyway. So yeah, so, so Roger sends his letter where he's like, here's the evil plan and how I did it.
1: He was like, yeah. Which I
0: appreciated. I needed that.
1: And he said, yeah, I I needed the closure. By the way, I I murdered my brother because at that point we still thought that.
0: Okay, so the whole plot from when when Roger sends his big reveal later is, okay, so Savage is a big millionaire dude traveling the world. He and Carstairs, not a name, become homies. And then, when Savage is on his way to England, he meets sexy lady on boat Moira, who is Moira because Moira traveled transcontinentally often because she was in the drug trade,
1: and in so her- she would
0: like travel under different names. And she really but, was
1: married to Nicholson, and Nicholson was in falling for her damsel in distress too, and right. so
0: and so she she but she's traveling under a different name when Templeton. she meets Temple yeah so Templeton is her name when she meets him and she's like oh my husband's so mean do in distress and they have an affair but he is not so naive he's a millionaire and they you know you don't get to be Jeff Bezos for nothing so like he's like yeah we can we can sit together on this on this boat but i'm not leaving you everything and so she gets him to come stay with her in england and that's when they do this whole like they be- roger pretends to be him pretends to be scared of cancer pretends to write a will pretends to be suicidal and, and then he's
1: there but they've drugged him so he's like basically trapped he- they basically kidnapped this millionaire
0: right so like he slept with her on the boat and then he gets kidnapped right Basically, is Tinder lessons, everyone. Tinder lessons, <laughs> right? Be careful. Be cautionary careful. Right. tale, right? So then,
1: um, <laughs> if you're a millionaire, if you're a millionaire, <laughs> and then uh, so then after they do the whole Riggleman role, with Rogers pretending to be him for a while. Oh, and then the her fake husband in this scenario was the Mister Cayman for earlier, because apparently there's a whole gang. Um. Right, there's a gang and then um, so then they kill savage, the fake will gives them seven hundred, and then he leaves
0: pounds. all of his yeah, his fake will lives leaves all of his money to her, right, and we'd have to find out what's seven hundred thousand pounds so seven is a is a bunch it's a whole bunch uh,
1: so now that... but
0: then what happened was with the came in no carstairs, Carstairs, which is not a name heard about this and was like, that does not sound like anything about this guy that I've been, like, you know, going around the world. We've been doing our thing. We've been gallivanting. And, like, he's never been scared of cancer. I would never think he would leave his fortune to some random, some rando he met on a boat. So Carstairs comes over and is like, hmm, let me see what's going on. So he happens to go with his friends to the basington french house he sees this photo on the piano which we have questions about right why is moira's picture on your piano right but that leads him down a, a trail of questions where he's like huh what's going on with her maybe i should see what's going on over there because his friend had sent him a picture of of his of 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 the girl right And To Savage was like, hey, I'm fucking this girl in the boat. She's cute. Here's a picture. That's also weird. (laughs) But he wasn't like, I'm leaving everything to her. She's everything to me. We're soulmates. He was like, look at this girl.
1: Right. And then like, the next thing he knows.
0: So that's when he sees the piano, the picture on the piano, which we don't quite believe in. And is like, hmm, what's going on here? And that's when Moira and Roger decided to kill him. Right.
1: So, um, that's, and, and so Karstosh gets killed. And then Roger's doing the side gig of trying to get the title and house from his um,
0: brother. Right. So he's, he's trying to kill his nephew. He did. He designed a couple of the accidents.
1: And then he got his brother addicted to drugs and then eventually killed his brother and said he decided he was going to kill the nephew later. So thank you, Agatha, for not also have child murder in your, um, in your story. I was so
0: glad. Like, like, when you said it was dark, I was like, eh, the kid didn't die. It was okay. Right. I, I, yeah, fair. So, um, but the uncle wanting to kill the kid, without that any qualms? That was rough. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So
1: I did some math. So, oh um so um seven hundred thousand pounds in nineteen thirty four is now worth fifty million pounds. Um fifty million four hundred and twenty-eight thousand pounds. Fifty eight million four hundred and twenty-eight thousand pounds is sixty nine million dollars. It's a lot of money. So yeah, why wasn't anybody else suspicious? if if a rich guy left 69 million dollars to a woman he met on a boat and then stayed at her house for a w- little while and then wrote a will and left
0: so 60- suspicious that's 60- a lot of money yeah so that's have,
1: in case we're wondering like the motive here the other thing is is that so the rest of the time like Why did Moira and Roger go back to their lives with Dr. Nicholson and the Bassington Frenches? Roger and Moira could have left. That's actually
0: a good point. I didn't think of that because they've got all of that money now. So why not just like be on the Riviera or the richer version of the Riviera?
1: Right. Like they could like run away. They do not have to pretend because I when Roger's letter, point. at the end, he says,
0: they got it, they got the money, they they won,
1: and Roger says, like, after Savage died, um, it's they told the Templetons left the house and then um, were distraught, so they went back to Canada. but actually what happened is Moira went back to Dr. Nicholson, and so like, but why? If she got sixty nine million dollars, that's enough. I'm gone. You know, like you could go and do your at that point.
0: If I'm a bath who's you know in this for money, I'm gone, right? I'm gonna go do whatever it is I was gonna do with that money, right? So that's a really good point. What's their motivation for still being involved in?
1: I mean, Roger still is trying to get the title in the house, so he has a reason to stick around, but like
0: okay, but if you've got 69 million. Do, units do you need the title do you need the title like you could buy a title you could invent a title you could yeah of course this is new money stuff like i guess if you want old money you still need to kill your nephew <laughs> oh oh so yeah so anyway. but it's like no but i i totally agree with you like why are you still there trying to that's a good point because then
1: like well what when car Carstairs goes investigating he wouldn't have
0: found them right if if i use my money to cover my tracks and i go off to be a billionaire it's done yeah so that's a good point but anyway so uh so okay so in summary about this book it's a great book
1: and the very end very end though Frankie tells Bobby about the um, okay tells him about the letter. Okay, so
0: this so the penultimate chapter is the confession letter from Roger, and then the last chapter is uh the again the narrator's voice, and it's adorable and seeing you go Portia
1: <laughs> so they're kind of talking about what happened because they were both distracted by these attractive people in their different ways attracted terrible people and frankie's like yeah he was charming but you know when you came and rescued me it was like oh my gosh and he was like yeah moira was doing this whole dance ball and distress thing but when we were kidnapped and you were like we're gonna get out of this i was like when
0: you were plucky he called her plucky
1: right which is the you know 1934 way of saying you know a woman who could take care of herself um, and so he's like, "That was amazing." And then they switch to apparently Miss Marple shows. So, so, <laughs> you know, it wasn't Miss Marple, but you know, it was like, but the, not
0: not Miss Marple.
1: Old biddies from the it's ha- from the town walk in on them, and they the narrator has just said that they were talking about how great each other were, and then the old biddies from the town walk up, and then they say, "Oh my God, that's Lady Frances." and bobby the vicar's son and they were kissing and then was in around the village within
0: you know uh, you know whatever and then the to me the happiest um what how do you say it like the happy the happy ever after or like super fun happy times right is that uh frankie gets her father to buy out the Garage. Oh, of, badger, a badger, because badger's not a bad guy. He's just not a businessman. So, like Frankie gets her father to buy the garage, so that badger can just manage it. Because he's not a bad guy. He just shouldn't own oh, try them. to like be a businessman. And right. it's like me too, me too, man. Right, it's fine. Right. So, like she gets her father to buy out the garage at night. Now badger's just gonna manage it. And It's like. To me, that was the happiest super happy fun times. Right, because Badger actually <laughs> them. used to
1: have, like, not keep trying it over and over again And to then start a business.
0: Right, exactly. And then Bobby got offered a job overseas, maybe from also her father? I don't know. That part I didn't catch. And it was, like, managing a coffee plantation in Kenya, which again brings up a lot of issues which we don't have time to get into now. Colonialism. Ah, exploration. Ah. But she's like, but I could come too marry you. And he's like, yeah, you could. So that's cute. Yeah. cute. It's cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, I'll marry you. And that's when they're making out and that's when the biddies come up. Yeah. The biddies come up when they're like, yes, I'll move to Kenya with you. And then the biddies are like, oh my God, they're kissing. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's cute because his father is still like, well, he won't match amount to much, but I guess he's going to marry her and he's going to move to Kenya and do all these things, but he's still a failure in my eyes.
1: <laughs> you know, actually because they talk about how he and his father are actually fond of each other. They just drive each other crazy. Um, there is a line in there that said, I don't understand how you could trust or listen to anybody over 50. I think Bobby says that at some point And I, as someone who's knocking on that door, I can,
0: it's not, it's, I'm not there, but I'm not, not there. Um, Right, and I'm not sure if she does it exactly on both sides to say like you can't trust anyone over 50 or under 50 in each character's voice but it feels like that she does that she kind of establishes that on both sides of the line you can't see the The other other person's reality yeah yeah totally
1: but we can we totally can because we we're above all that right
0: I mean I think I especially am because I don't have kids yeah so I'm able to be like that kid's right and the mom's right You're both the worst and the best. (laughs) And the best. (laughs) Like, parents are the worst because they want the best for you, but they're the best because they want the best for you. Right. But they're also the worst because of that. You know? Yep. That's that's the curse of being a parent. And as an aunt, you can just be like, I know, kid, they're the worst.
1: And I know, parents, they're the worst.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. This one was so good.
1: So, you know, yeah, I really like this one. Um so good. In the tom- I
0: like cuz it was it was a co- it combined the young detective were stumbling into this with the true murder mystery. Right. Um I and I wasn't expecting it. When I started reading this, I was like expecting one of our detectives and I was like, "Oh my god, this is what's happening." And it's like it was so good.
1: And I I really liked the conversation about class. I thought it was interesting.
0: Um I think it might have been terrible, but I'm gonna leave it in.
1: <laughs> Our conversation about class? No, I meant like her conversation about class. Her
0: conversation about class, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because
0: um <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, and then again, like how how uh what's his name? Bobby plays a chauffeur and plays a lawyer and plays a vicar son. Like it's true. Like he tries on these different like class characters. Right. It's fascinating. Yeah, totally. Not to overplay Agatha Christie, but she shows us how a person can play three different classes in society. You know what I mean? But it's the same person, it's the same human. Right. And so, like, when you think that these class distinctions are really finite, right to show that like actually they're not because look at this guy who's floating who's able to play these different roles and this like rich guy who has a title but doesn't have a title because he's a second son but he's a sociopath because he's a second son like I think it again she in, in your defense because when we started this, and I was like, "I'm having trouble with classism and racism," and you were like, "No, she comments on it." I think this is a book that really shows me how she does comment on it because she shows me how, you know, how 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 these things in, impact people, and you might be the worst just by being the way that you're born. I don't know. I I think that I learned a lot about class and its role in its formation of your personality. Right. And obvious and, and even the things that we admire about Frankie come from her privilege. Oh totally. And I'm glad that she came out on the good side of like being a heroine out of privilege. But we also can imagine that she might have not have been.
1: Right, because the whole tricking people into giving her information could be, she could be a Karen all up and, you know, because she wants to have a certain kind of treatment or something.
0: And it's it's combined, like it's like she's got the title and she's attractive. Right. So it's like, it's mixed together. And so it's like, all the isms.
1: All the isms. Although, wasn't, because I, I, I remember that was she attractive? Because it, didn't she look, at one point we described like looking like a monkey grinder? When we first meet her, he did
0: say that and I wasn't ready to process it. It was like she was attractive but also looked like a monkey grinder and I was (laughs) like I don't know where to file that so thank you for bringing that back up for me so I can be troubled again.
1: (laughs) But I think it's so think about so
0: she had maybe severe features we would say. But also
1: think about what was a young woman in the 1930s wearing and dressing because there was this uh gothy part, right? Like the fact that she was, was yeah there? the goth isn't the right term they wouldn't have called that and it wouldn't even have been beatnik it was like pre beatnik but that kind of like I wear a lot of black eyeliner and a beret. Okay. And
0: in the thirties. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so because you know she was a well educated hip woman. Um and so and, you know, that first scene where we get to know her and she's like, oh, it was so boring. Like, you know, like, just imagine a lot of eyeliner. <laughs> okay.
0: okay, okay, okay. And
1: so, like, I think that is also part of it, that there's was a look that if she were not making her... Because I, I got the sense that she had dark hair, that she was kind of playing up dark features and dark um um but she was more substantial whereas moira was wispy they kept on talking about how she was wispy right she had wide set eyes and was like ah you know like um damsel (laughs) in distress stuff i kept imagining long flowing hair that was like you know and the wide set eyes and so um anyway uh
0: all oh, right. So, like, so, like, uh, the other girl has like the severe haircut, and then Moira's like soft hair, right. whites it up. Right.
1: Oh, and then, and them- then probably Frankie had um had substantial brows. Right. Because in the 30s, there right. might have been, you know, but then Moira probably had no brows at all, you know, like, there's, you know, that kind of look. And so, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, you're making and sense. And so yeah. that
1: might have been why, and especially because Agatha Christie at this point is closer to our age and she's talking about people in their 20s. And right. so she's like, well, she kind of looks like a monkey grinder, but she's pretty. <laughs> you know, but there <laughs> is a little bit because Lord knows I look at people in their 20s and go, huh, well, that's a look. <laughs> You know, like,
0: right, 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 right. So, um,
1: so I, you know, there was not that anyway. So, that's where I kind of go with the whole, um, the way she described how Frankie looked was that Frankie probably was attractive, but she was playing up dark hair, dark brows, dark eyeliner. And, um, and so
0: she, and it's a cute, it's a cute love story because she, the answer that the audience is led to, that the readers are led to want, is that they're going to end up together. And so, like, her marrying below her station. Right and them going to live abroad like it's it's very on brand for the rest of the heroines and heroes that we've had in this where it's like we're going to go live abroad and be different because right, they're
1: not going to live in british society
0: and yet. we're not going to be like we can be totally mixed between upper class and middle class because we're colonists and so we're going to be upper class in in kenya or wherever they're going to no matter where <laughs> we go we're still going to dominate over someone oh <laughs> yeah
1: Aww, sad yeah
0: Um, but
1: yeah and then and uh yeah so the fact that they have a conversation about hey you were attracted to the bad guy and you
0: were attracted to the bad guy and they do like yeah they kind of have this thing where like calling out like well you were attracted to roger who was the bad guy and he was like yeah i was no (laughs) she was like yeah i was and you were attracted to moira because she was a damsel except she was like the mastermind of everything so yeah, they have they
1: have a reckoning about the fact that they that 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 they do that. So it's cute. So uh, you know, it's 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 not my favorite. Like you know, uh, Man in the Brown Suit is still my favorite, but I really enjoy this one a lot.
0: This is so good. This is so good. I like the characters. I like I like them separately. Like I think before I've liked the woman. In our in like man in the brand suit, I like the woman, but in this one, I like both uh, Bobby and Frankie, right. and I like them separately. And there's no sexy choking, and so I really am rooting to for them to get together by the end, but like I'm rooting for them both as individuals, right? And so, like, I, I really like this one, and I can see her sophistication as a person. As she's progressed her life like in the way she developed each of their characters to come together and I'm just like, oh my god, it's meant to be but not in a dumb young way. It's like meant to be because because right. of course the man they're dysfunctional in a in a compatible way, which is what we're all looking for. yeah
1: because of course in the man in the brown suit I, I, I reference the sexy sexy choking. That whole, like, I love you, I've never met <laughs> yeah. you before, sexy choking, which we had problem with that love story because it didn't make a lot of sense. But this one, this love story made sense.
0: They literally grew up together and they had to overcome their class barriers but, and solve a murder and it's brilliant. Right.
1: So that, this love story makes so much more sense. Um,
0: I, I, I think this might be, again, Mr. Quinn notwithstanding because Mr. Quinn, forever fave. Okay. But after Mr. Quinn, this might be one of my favorites because it's just it's smart and it's got the right like mild insertion of humor at the right oh, moment. The
1: humor in this is great. I think the what the what brings it down a peg for me is just because of Sylvia, Henry
0: and Tommy. Because okay, Sylvia and Tommy are going to be okay.
1: And you're right they're going to be okay. I just that that was the only part that brings it to
0: they're me. still super rich and super yeah i don't know I understand they're like the the husband dying was sad, but because as
1: I said, I like it so much better.
0: we never really got to like him right
1: when um when um I like it so much better when the person who is killed is someone who I either don't care about or um Is evil anyway. I like that.
0: Right. So much more convenient. Right. Right. So I feel like she tried to do that because he's on drugs. Right. But like, no, we still love people who are on drugs. So it's like, I get what you're saying. Right. But the woman and her kid are cool. They're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're they're evil. You know, brother-in-law slash uncle or not didn't win he's like he what he's got a title he's fine i mean he might need some therapy i mean who doesn't who doesn't fair 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 (laughs) okay this was a delightful read and i loved it and what's next Ooh, what's next actually murder on the orient express Oh yeah, I, tr- I skipped that because I've read it. Okay, so next is Murder on the Orient which Express, which is,
1: of course, like her most well-known one.
0: And I mean, that's been made into so many movies, so many
1: movies. Like,
0: but wait, guys, our podcast is going to have something original to say about it. We don't know what that is <laughs> but- yet, but we're going to drink a lot of wine and say something really smart about it, and you're going to be like, "Shut up." Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So that is
1: next time on Proropod. Proropod.